0: hey welcome to the behem brothers uh your host andrew here with them we're doing our first uh over the phone uh long distance podcast here um on friday morning this is basically a live episode which usually we take these things overnight but uh we're doing one live we ran out of time and uh had to make uh, some change of plans so in it. Uh, we're looking forward to week two, official week two of uh, college football. What games are you excited about?
1: Uh, I'm really excited about that Tulane-Ole Miss game. Uh, I'm interested to see if Tulane can pull off the upset there. I'm also, you know, obviously Alabama-Texas is a huge one. And, you know, I want to see how Auburn does. I want to see if Auburn is actually good or if, you know, it was just, it was just UMass, and that's why we look so good so good out there against them because they're not, you know, a quality opponent. But, you know, those are the things that I'm really looking forward to. And then I also want to watch Texas A&M and see if they've actually gotten an offense now or, you know, if they're still Texas if A&M. Le- if
0: it's legit or not, yeah. Because New Mexico did not look like it. I mean, New Mexico didn't look like they were even putting up a fight against them. Yeah. So I, I, I got to believe a lot of that was – talent disparity rather than, you know, just sheer uh, better play from Texas A&M. Yeah,
1: I was watching SEC Network, and they were talking about Connor Wigman and how much he's improved, and I don't know. I, like, still, I I still don't think he's – I saw him in the power rankings. I think he was in the top five from their SEC Network, like, tweet or whatever. I, I just don't agree with that yeah i mean i
0: know he's a five-star quarterback look he hadn't thrown a pick yet so you got to give him credit for that and i think like six starts for him so i mean you know hey he, he's not made a ton of mistakes i just haven't seen him make like game-changing plays So i, I guess, still don't know what to i don't know what to make of it.
1: yeah i guess that's what i mean it's like yeah he doesn't make a lot of mistakes and that's awesome like that's what you want out of a quarterback, but. I think he's just, like, overhyped in the sense of they treat him almost like a Joe Burrow, and it's like, no, Joe Burrow was great because he was great. Like, Yeah, he he's like nowhere on that level. Around. Like he, yeah.
0: hadn't, he, hadn't, he hadn't proved that yet. That yeah. he's, he's that good. Honestly, what's crazy is if you think about it, if he were at Alabama, like, you, you would feel a heck of a lot better about Alabama's team than you do about Texas A&M. It feels oh, yeah. like Texas A&M, like, right now – you know, because the receivers haven't proven much. They lost Devin Chain this year, uh, went to the NFL. Um, seems like, you know, you would like to see somebody who can do some. You know, I feel like a Jalen. If they swap quarterbacks, a Jalen Milrow went out to out went out to Texas A and M, and Wigman went to Alabama. I feel like um, you would feel better about Alabama and better about Texas A
1: and M. Yeah they got their own quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, the games I'm excited about, uh, I'm looking forward, uh, you know, the Vandy Wake Forest game should be exciting. Both those teams, Wake Forest is trying to rebuild, you know, they lost um, Hartman to Notre Dame He transferred to Notre Dame. Feels like their, you know, stud quarterback they've had for the past couple of years that really led them to some really, you know, 10 win seasons and uh, just some really good seasons for Wake Forest. I think they're going to demolish Vandy, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, that's what I think.
1: I want to
0: see. Yeah, I mean, I want to see if that's really – you know, we don't know. Um, And then uh, Ole Miss, Tulane, excited about that game, you know, to see whether, you know, Tulane is legit, to see whether Ole Miss is legit. It's funny because I feel like if it's like a 50-45 to game, you'll feel like, oh, both these teams are good, right? But if it's like a blowout one way or the other, you're like – I still don't know anything about the good team, but the team who about the winning team, but the team who lost. So I just think they're a total joke. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like, I, I think a tight.
1: Well, I'll say, I'll like, say it like this. I think there's only one way that that one works. If Ole Miss blows out Tulane, then yeah, you're just like, well, was Ole Miss actually good, or was it just Tulane? But if Tulane blows out Ole Miss, you're gonna look at Tulane and go, like, oh, y'all are good, and then you're gonna look at Ole Miss and be like. Y'all are not legit at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it's crazy how much your opinion can swing, you know, based off of, you know, what would be, you know, the, the first big game for Ole Miss and Tulane. So that'd be, uh, be a little while. And then I'm with you. I think the Texas A&M-Miami game is exciting. A lot of You know, the line on that is like three, I think, for Texas A&M. We talked a little bit about that um, on yesterday's episode. But – I, man, I I feel like Texas A&M has the upper hand here just because Miami didn't impress me last year and they didn't impress me in their first game. Yeah, and so I feel like Texas A&M kind of has the mo going into it. You know, the they they've got the offensive momentum; they were clicking last week. And I know I know it was it was Lobos, it was New Mexico, but yeah, Still, I mean I don't think you know Miami didn't play anybody big, so um, I don't know. I don't know why the game is listed. They played Miami Ohio. I don't know why the game is listed as as tight as it is. I feel like Texas is going to go down there and blow them out. Yeah. And then you're probably going to hear all the Texas A&M high, you know, just that's quite, they'll probably end up in the, you know, 15th in the nation after that. So,
1: I wouldn't be surprised to put them in the top 5.
0: Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll jump
1: pretty high up there. So, um, um, it's kind Texas, of similar. Alabama. I feel like Auburn oh, and Texas A and M kind of have a similar schedule. Now that I'm thinking about it, like a lesser of the Power Fives, and Week Two. Then you get the crappy game before each other. I just not thought of that, and I just so it'll be interesting how this week plays out for both teams for Auburn and Texas. A&M.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you know, if you look at all of the SEC, really, I mean, you know, I mean, Alabama's got Texas. There's a couple of marquee games. Right, I mean, you know, South Carolina, South Carolina played UNC. I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of that, but for a lot of the teams, it's almost like the season really starts like week three, week four.
1: I mean, yeah, that's, that's
0: where most teams have their season really kind of kicking off. So, um, yeah, Alabama, Texas, Texas is the obviously the marquee game of the week. Um, like I said yesterday, I am. I'm just not sold on Texas yet, but I wasn't sold on FSU either, and they proved me daggum wrong. So what do I know? Um, I'll tell you, the Arizona-Mississippi State game is going to be good. Um, and then I'm, I'm with you just from as an Auburn fan. That Auburn-Cal game uh, is, is getting bigger and bigger for me. Now, I did hear that Jarquez Hunter is traveling with the team. Um, so, uh, hopefully he gets to suit up this week and gets his first
1: game action. That would be very nice. I I would feel 20 times more confident if Jarquez Hunter were at the starting position of running back. Not that he's like the sole reason we can win the game, but he is a huge piece of the offense. Um, I just feel like when you have that back, who's,
0: I mean, you know, Damari Alston had a little bit of play in time last year, but I mean. He's a sophomore. He's not, you know, he just doesn't have all the game, big game experience like what Jarquez Hunter does. Jarquez Hunter also has the size and the power to be able to, you know, bulldoze guys and, and do, you know, good pass protection blocking for uh, Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford, whoever's in at QB. I feel like that's going to be a big part of the offense for Auburn in this game. Uh, just We'll just jump into that game, but I feel like one big key for Auburn's offense. So Cal doesn't have a great pass rush. I mean, they they just don't. In fact, they're front seven. So their defensive linemen and their linebackers just aren't good or or have not shown to be, you know, anything spectacular. Um, So um, I think Auburn's going to be able to, to do kind of what they want offensively, whether it be run or throw deep or whatever. Now, where Cal's defense is supposed to be good is on the back end, and their DBs, their corners, their safeties are all pretty highly touted. They're all pretty big guys. So, like, you don't get to take advantage of the Shane Hook's size disparity or Camden Brown's size disparity because Cal has some pretty big uh, defensive backs. But, man, I, I, think <clears throat> I think Auburn goes out there, and, and one key to the game to me is going to be Drop back, QB scrambles, right? So this is where I think I'd like to see what happens if you do start a drive with Robbie Ashford, just from the standpoint of, hey, let's let him drop back, right? Let the receivers all, you know, almost run four verticals downfield. And then once it spaces out, then you say, all right, Robbie, go, right? You know, and just let him take off because the defense will have dropped. And if he can get out of there, you know, that, that's where he can bust a big run. Peyton Thorne can do it too. Uh, you know, obviously Robbie has that better that top end speed, though.
1: Yeah, it would almost be like a delayed QB draw. Like let, let him get 20 yards yeah. on the field and then go.
0: Yeah, and I mean you you know teams do that you know on purpose sometimes. A, tor- a quarterback sometimes just read it. I mean you know sometimes they just do it on a pass play whether somebody's open or not. it will just take off. But I think that could be a big piece of it as QB runs for Auburn this week. Um, I do think they're going to be able to run the ball. I, I'm, not, I'm not super worried about Auburn's offense going into this game. I think they're going to be able to kind of do what they want. They, you know, the only thing I do worry about is if Peyton Thorne gets a little uh, a trigger happy and he starts pulling the trigger on some tight windows and forces it into some spots that he shouldn't, and you know Cal's able to get some interceptions. That, that's, that's the big key is if he can protect the football – if he cannot turn it over, don't try to force it into two title windows and, and throw picks. I think Auburn offensively will have as much success as they want to have. On the flip side, they've got to be able to stop this OT guy at running
1: back. Yeah. He's
0: a, he's a really good running back. Now, he's been talking smack, though.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't, I've already seen Auburn players responding to it.
0: I don't understand it. I don't understand why he why, – like Cal is talking smack, right? About about Auburn. Like, not I mean, not that Auburn has a ton of room to talk smack about, but you know, I know they went five and seven, but dude, we're playing in the SEC. You're out there playing in the Pac 12, which is a dissolved conference, and you're talking smack, and you're not even a good Pac 12 team. Yeah.
1: You're, you're middle of the, the road Pac 12. Yeah. I mean, I I know the defense saw it, which I was happy to see that they are aware that they're not being looked at um or looked at as highly as they should be. However, yeah, stopping the run is major to winning this game. Like if we can't stop the run, it's gonna be a shootout and whoever gets the last ball or the last possession is going to win. Yeah,
0: um, I, I feel good I feel good about Auburn's defense though in this regard that just like against UMass, you know, if you can like if I I can have a 10 yard run. He can have another 10 yard run. You, know, you can get it all the way down to the red zone. But that's where Auburn's defense can really step in yeah. and make big plays um, is, you know, when it gets tight down there you can't throw it over the top, we can start packing it into the box even more, and then we can get back there and go get sacks or um, get tackles for losses, those I think Those stats, which is what Ron Roberts is known for, tackles for losses and sacks, fumbles, you know, forced turnovers are – that's the key to Ron Roberts' defense.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I would – I mean, obviously I'm not a coach, but just watching us, I would almost stack the box to begin with, like play red zone defense right out the gate and just say man up and to the cornerbacks and just be like get your man, cover him, don't let him through, and then just stop yeah, the I, run. Like sell out on the run.
0: Yeah, I expect Cal's gonna go down the field on their first possession. Similar yeah, similar score. to yeah, similar to how UMass did, but I think Ron Roberts is gonna try to he's gonna use that to try to just get a feel for all right, what are they trying to do? Like where do they think they can beat us? Like what are they showing us? Like all, all those type things. We've heard like I've I've read some articles and heard some things about him. He's really looks at defense as a chess game. He looks at he looks at it and he will strategically put people in certain positions and blitz certain guys in order to throw the offense off. And he really feels like he can pick apart what an offensive coordinator is trying to do, and he can attack the weakness. And and that's how he's able to be so successful as a DC. So um, that's going to be exciting to see. Um, I mean, we said it when we were reviewing Auburn this week, like the defense is going to be exciting. I mean – is is it, are they going to give up chunk yards? Yeah, they're going to give up chunk yards. So that part of it, people are going to be like, "Oh, that stinks." But you're also going to see plays like what you saw against UMass, where there's a strip sack, where there's you know these big tackle for losses, where there's just you know straight sacks back there. Like you're going to see this team make those plays. You're going to see quarterbacks rush and throw picks and all that kind of stuff. That's what that's what he did when he was at Baylor, um, and that's why Baylor's defense was so good two years ago was because of Ron Roberts' you know, blitzing scheme that he had going on out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just – I'm a little nervous about it just because it is our first, like, true test. I oh, don't yeah. like that it's in Cal. I, I yep. hate the fact that it's at 930. There's a lot of reasons that are playing against us, but I'm hoping that, you know, the talent level for us is enough to, like, put gravity on them, you know?
0: Yeah, the team flew out yesterday evening. Um, They're supposed to get there last night, um, and uh, I, I think that that's a that's a piece of it. I mean, but that's a great road test, right? To go into, you know, I don't know how hostile of an environment Cal's going to be. They they usually well, I've heard there's going to be a lot
1: of Auburn fans there.
0: <laughs> well, I hope so. I mean, I know when Tennessee went out there a few years ago, it was huge. I know. Uh Nebraska played there years ago, and they basically turned the stadium red um but um I, I think uh, Cal doesn't typically bring a ton of fans, yeah, um so i don't I don't know that that's gonna be a big part of it, but it is like that, that five hour you know flight you had out there yesterday, playing at nine thirty at night, you know all that kind of stuff. that'll throw you off a little bit, you know, but um. I mean, hey, you know, it's uh, – you, you got to go do it. It's a good test early in the season for, you know, a night game road matchup. may get the guys ready for, you know, that Kyle Field matchup in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, that's where, like, if we can win this one and win it comfortably, I'm going to feel pretty confident. And, it's, and also it's going to depend on how Texas A&M does, too. Uh, I mean, if they just go down there and win by, like, 35 points against Miami, then I'm I'm going to start getting a little nervous about that one. But again, I just, if we can stop the run against Cal, I don't, I trust our DBs to be able to cover them. And man, like, I just, I'm not, I'm not worried about the passing attack from Cal. I'm more worried about the run attack.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the run game is really where they're going to try to hit us. Um, so, well, you know, we'll see how well Auburn can defend that. But, um, I think Auburn's. Um, I don't know if Ron Roberts will blitz as early, you know, early like similar. Like you know, they may just play a, a soft coverage early on, play standard straight up defense, and because you also want to see that you want to see, you know, hey, can I stop you without blitzing? Yeah, right. You know, I mean, can can we correct some of the things without showing every kind of blitz that I'm going to do? You know, can we correct that from film, and can we go out there and just beat you straight up? Um, yeah, obviously, if you can do, you you can do that,
1: then uh, just do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, if you don't have to blitz, don't
0: blitz, you know, but um, if you have to blitz, let's, let's bring it, you know, so.
1: And I i don't know, I haven't heard any more news about it, but I heard that there's an injury to Cal's Center, who was a sixth-year player. So that could yeah, do, do things, too.
0: Yeah, 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 I do think there are centers out, so um, I'll check on that. But uh, I, I think the center for Cal is out. That's a pretty big loss for them.
1: Yeah, centers, centers are kind of important. Well, you got to move. It
0: makes you move, either bring in a backup or you got to move a guard over. So now you've got two guys sort of out of there. You know, you got two guys basically out there that aren't normally out there. It changes up the rhythm of offensive lines blocking, and you know, you just um, you don't know how that's going to affect it big time, but. I, uh, in, in the big scheme of things, I mean, but um, at the end of the day, you know, you'd love to have your center of your cow. Uh, it's not a good thing to have an injury. So, um, but looking at the Alabama-Texas game, you know, Alabama, some of it, speaking of injury, Alabama might be without Malachi Moore on the back end of that defense. He's a safety for them. Malachi Moore is seen as a really big piece to that Alabama defense. Um, and what is Texas's strength this year? It's their receivers. So a lot of people are starting to kind of get worried about, can Alabama cover these Texas receivers, uh, going into this game, especially if they're missing Malachi Moore on the back end.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a cause for concern. I I don't know. Again, I'm with you. I just don't believe in Texas, you know, like it's just, you always lose the game. We've, we've heard they're
0: back for, for so years. many years. I mean, how many times can you come back? Yeah,
1: it's you almost know? like the boys, at some the point you got to be
0: there, right?
1: Uh, and so, it, so it's just hard. It to feels
0: be- like it feels like they got to get over. They need to get a big win. It felt like last year was their chance to do that because you had Alabama on the road. You had them backed up. I mean, you know, you had everything going for you that you could go for now for you to do it this year. I mean, it's you're going to have to learn on the road.
1: Denny. Yeah.
0: Game day is going to be there. I mean, it's going to be crazy down in Tuscaloosa, and those, those fans are going to go nuts down there. Well, um, let's not
1: forget how Texas treated uh, Alabama's student section and fans as far as tickets go. So, Yeah, did you, you think that was a big deal? I don't like the fact that they were like, hey, yeah, your band's going to have to sit in the upper deck.
0: But don't they do, do that to every band?
1: if they do, that's still crappy. You know, I just – it might not have been a personal yeah. jab at Bama, but it's still crappy if they do that because it's like, man, you're going to make these kids – Texas, they're,
0: they're pretty petty.
1: Yeah. I, I just really don't like Texas, I'll <laughs> be honest. I,
0: I'm, I'm with you. They're they're just another team. Here's my, here's my deal, right? So, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Clemson recently, I guess, if you want to. The, you know, I think they're on the down – the downturn there like yeah. you know usc they can talk they can talk smack they can talk they can talk big because they've got the championships to back it up yeah right auburn fans i know you don't want to hear this but they've got the championships to back it up yeah. but then you've got these teams like texas are out there poking their chest out like there's like you know some you know football god that's like you've got three national championships guys and those they were all like you know 1980 and earlier there I mean you haven't done anything recently I know they won in, in 2005 but they haven't done anything recently outside of the Vince young years you know to be able to uh, to be able to claim that they're you know the the greatest football team you know in America um, I just don't understand that
1: <laughs> I, and that's the most annoying thing I've said it for the past like Five or six years, but before Georgia won their national championships recently, that I was like, I can't stand Georgia more than I can't stand Alabama because at least when Alabama is like saying something, I'm like, well, you know, y'all are good. You can back up what yeah. you're saying. Georgia fans have been talking crap really since the beginning of time, barking at people, and before these past two years, they had nothing to back it up with.
0: Yeah, so so Texas, just looking at their record. Um, I'm looking on Sports Reference here. 2018, they had a 10-1 season. 2009 and prior, they had a bunch of 10-1 seasons. Those were the those were the Mac Brown years, where from, I'll go back, I'll go back 1998 through 2009, they never um, won less than nine games. So the first three years, 98, 99, 2000, they won nine games three years straight there. And then after that was all double digit wins, which is great. I mean, two thousand five, they won the national championship, thirteen and zero. Um, so they were good, you know. But then, I mean, you got rid of you got rid of Mac Brown, and then it just fell off a cliff. I mean, yeah. you had one nine one season, one ten one season. Other than that, man, they've had more losing seasons that they have one than they have winning seasons.
1: Yeah, and that's what that's what I mean. It's like. Alabama fans were real quiet until Nick Saban started winning national championships, and they started talking. I was like, "All right, well, fair enough." Like, once you start getting hardware, like it's hard to like even say anything to you because it's like, "Well, yeah, you're pretty good." (laughs) And then, like, yeah, Yeah. ten win seasons great, but nobody really cares unless you win a national championship. Like, um, obviously, if Auburn gets ten wins this year, we're going to be happy because we can see improvement. But we're not going to go out and start saying we're the greatest football team that's ever lived. That's insane. That's what crazy people do.
0: Yeah, just uh, it doesn't make sense. I, I, like I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Texas either. Um, uh, you know that this game, um, last year's game was great because it felt like Texas lost in a heartbreaker and Alabama got a little bit exposed last year. So from a from an Auburn fan perspective, oh, you yeah. we were kind of like, man, what's going on? But uh, no, I mean, I, I give the upper hand to Alabama going into this game. I don't know. I guess maybe because it's mostly because of the name um, and because of their reputation. Because Texas still hadn't proven anything to me. I mean, they they still have They hadn't been able to beat Oklahoma. You know, or, or I guess let me say that they that's about the only big game they can win or put up a fight against is the Oklahoma game and the, and the Red River rivalry is, is beating Oklahoma. That's the only game they put up a fight in. And then every other big game, it seems like they get blown out. Yeah. Um, or at least that, that's my feel for it. You know, I hadn't looked at every single game they've played and hadn't watched every single one of them, but it feels like every time Texas is like, Oh, this is the year we're going to have a good team. And then they just, they wet the bed.
1: Yeah, I mean, this week, not just the brand of Alabama, but there's obviously bad blood there, which I really don't understand. But there is, it's almost like a rivalry, uh, at this point between Texas and Alabama, and they're going to be joining the SEC next year. I think Alabama is going to whoop them. I mean, give me Bama, horns down, like it's going to be bad.
0: Yeah, I, I think Alabama wins this game too. Um, I don't think – I don't think it's going to be nearly as close as what all the talking heads think it's going to be. Um, now, that said, I think that speaks more to Texas than it does Alabama this, at this point in the season. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, if Alabama goes out there and just dominates, you're going to think, okay, they were holding back a lot against Middle Tennessee, right? Yeah. But, you know, if it's another close game or um, if it's uh, – even if it's a 14-point, a 17-point victory – you know, just depends on how Alabama looks. I think they got to pass the eye test because I don't – I guess that was my thing from their middle Tennessee game week one. It didn't seem like they really passed the eye test in terms of being able to just bulldoze guys offensively and and do that. Um,
1: yeah, on the ground attack, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, now the other thing, Jalen Miller is part of the attack now, right? Yeah. But we said it when we did the season preview for Alabama that they kind of started to rely so much on – your star players, your superstar players, your Will Andersons, your Bryce Youngs, all those type guys, that it kind of felt like, well, the offensive line sort of stops pressing. Yeah. Right? Your receivers stop pressing. Right? And so all of a sudden, you know, now they're trying to figure out, oh, wait, what does it feel like to go out there and try to, you know, pancake a dude? You know, what does it feel like to go out there and, like, just try to knock a a guy over and make him – Make him surrender because that's what Alabama was known for for so many years, and that's what they want to get back to. So this will be a big game to see if they can actually get back to that or not with this with this this squad, this roster of players.
1: Yeah, watching the offensive line is really the main thing with this game. Is is Alabama's offensive line back to like the standard, and is their running back room as strong as they've been claiming?
0: Yeah, I think that's the big thing. And the other thing I look at, too, is can Alabama wide receivers get separation? Because even against Middle Tennessee State, you know, I know they caught those those deep passes against Middle Tennessee. Um, but there was a Middle Tennessee guy like right right there beside him. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was just – it was a step maybe that they had on them. Um, It wasn't like it was, you know, they were just blowing dudes wide open like they were when they had – you know, uh, Jalen Waddell and and all those guys down there. So, um, it's a – it'll be an exciting game. It'll be an interesting game. Um, I can't wait for it. So, uh, but uh, looking forward to those games going into the weekend from college football. And then, Emmett, what were your thoughts? Did you watch the the first NFL game last night, Uh, Kansas City versus Detroit?
1: I did not, but I saw some clips. Apparently, Kansas City – had like a bunch of false start no calls oh
0: yeah so they even talked about it in game i mean they had uh uh, they had the sunday night football crew you know doing this game and uh i mean they, they even brought in you know their their referee i can't remember which guy it is but they they brought in you know their their on staff referee to talk about it and he basically said, yeah, the dude's been lined up in the backfield the entire game. Like, technically, he's lined up in the backfield. He's also firing off the line early every single time. And they didn't call it until the fourth quarter, I think. They finally got him. It was funny because Chris Collinsworth called him a. He said, yeah, he said, uh, I think it was, was Jawan Jennings. I believe that's who it was. He's lined up, and he said, yeah, he's lined up at wide receiver out there, slot wide receiver. I mean, that's how far back he was. I mean, he was just sitting wow. that far back, right. and it was because it was because the defensive end for Detroit uh, uh, Hutchinson was uh, was getting in the backfield. I mean, that was the big takeaway for me was Kansas City. They lost the game first of all. They lost the game twenty-one to twenty to to Detroit. Jared Goff looked good. Um, the Detroit Lions' offense looked good. I mean, they were they were winning the offensive line battle they are winning the defensive line battle are you but saying Detroit's like, back if there's a team that's back it's <laughs> Detroit. if there's a team that's back it's Detroit uh, I do I do think they're going to shake things up I think Detroit you got to look at Detroit as a serious player they I think they went on a win streak last year they won like six straight at the end of the season um under Dan Campbell, uh, and he's a good coach, man. I like him as a coach. So um, he's a like a hard nosed kind of ball guy. But um, I mean, they look legit. They got Jameer Gibbs in the backfield, so Alabama fans will enjoy that. Um, and he looked good in his first game of NFL action. Um, Brian Branch had a had a pick six. Uh, I was a tipped pick six, so it wasn't it wasn't just a completely errant throw or or anything like that, but it was tip ball. Brian Branch catches it, takes it to the house. Um, So that was a big uh, swing in the game. Uh, But, you know, Kansas City, without Travis Kelsey, you think about that, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. If if they don't have Travis Kelsey out there because he's injured right now, they don't have any wide receivers. And Kadarius Toney had – so Kadarius Toney was the one who missed the pass. He tipped the pass. And it wasn't – it wasn't like I tipped it with one hand. I was like, it went through his hands and then Brian Branch caught it. Um he he had he had three or four drops, like just straight drops. And it wasn't just him. It was the entire wide receiver core. Um, just mistakes offensively. It did not look like the high powered Kansas City offense that you're used to. Um I mean it was
1: I know that's hurting you. You got Patrick Mahomes on your fantasy team. I know
0: that's that. I'm telling you, I'm terrible at fantasy, but this happens to me every single time. I think I got Patrick Mahomes a few years ago, and he got hurt, like he like rolled an ankle or something like that, and couldn't couldn't keep playing. I was like, "Are you serious?" That's what happens to me in fantasy. I ha I am snake bit in fantasy. So he ended up getting <laughs> he ended up getting like 21 points in our fantasy league, but um. And he had an all right night. He threw two touchdowns. He had the one pick, which was really not his fault. Um, You know, their run game wasn't great. Um, It was okay. Most of the yards that they got, it felt like they hit a couple deep passes, but most of the yards for Kansas City's offense were really through like these little screen, these little dump off passes, which I know that's what Mahomes is known for, but it feels like every now and then you got to be able to just like put a drive together and, you know, do whatever you want on offense. It's like you should be able to you should be able to do that. They just they couldn't quite do that. So um, that was an interesting game. Uh, so NFL season kicked off and uh, reigning Super Bowl champs opened the season with
1: an L. It's got to feel good for Detroit.
0: Yeah, Detroit fans have got to be rejoicing to finally start the season off hot and uh, maybe they can get things rolling up there and uh, get back to to winning football. So. All right, well, that's going to do it here for us today on this episode of the Beham Brothers Podcast. Don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for all your SEC news, stories, and more.